Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, all right. My moral conflict is over regarding Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Nice guy, um, interesting, uh, right on the vaccine, but a crazy leftist lunatic, and uh, nobody in MAGA world can support that guy. Uh, RFK Jr. comes out for reparations. <laughs> reparations. Pay uh, people who were not affected by slavery for slavery. Let's see here, Post. Independent presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. supports issuing reparations to the black community making him the most prominent 2024 candidate to favor the controversial policy meant to atone for slavery and legal segregation. President Biden has largely been silent on the issue, although I did see him raise his hand at a debate when he said he'd like to see a commission formed. We're going to study it. We're going to study it. That's a kind of a way to pass the buck, but it's also kind of a way to uh, show that you're weak and open on the issue. It is offensive. It's ludicrous. You're going to hold people accountable today who uh, didn't do anything. People 150 years ago were responsible for slavery, not us. Uh, let's see. Kennedy ditched his Democrat primary challenge to Biden earlier this month. And a lot of, look, I was actually worried that it might hurt Trump, but it's not going to hurt Trump, especially with these leftist uh, ideas. But the polling, even before this, said that um, it was basically uh, not going to harm Trump. Definitely could harm Biden, though. And Biden may have to go even more left. And guess what? That's, that helps Trump. And let's face it. Trump is a, is crazy, right? He's a madman. He's a, he's a, he's crazy. He's a crazy person in a good way. In a, the exactly type of crazy person you want in the White House. They have a theory. It's called the madman theory. It's been around for a long time. It was actually started by Richard Nixon, who wanted to convey the idea on purpose that he was a little bit unstable. That he might just fly off the handle and press the button behind the scenes. That's what he wanted the Russians to think. That's what he wanted the Chinese to think even at times. And, uh, that they would be worried and oh my gosh, how do we can, oh no, that, that's terrible. And it put them on the defensive right at the get go. You never know what he's going to do. Ronald Reagan had this a little bit. Um, and I think Donald Trump has perfected it. A madman, but a madman in a good way. Remember when he warned Kim Jong-un, little rocket man better not do it or he will see fire and fury like no one. No one has ever seen, to tell you the truth. They looked at it. No one would ever ha- – no one's ever seen anything like what I'm talking about. Um, that is uh, – it's beautiful. It's artistry actually. What do they call it? The art of the deal. So um, it works. Joe, they know they just have a decrepit man. Man, he was – this was astonishingly bad. And that the media just blew it off. The entire world is noticing. And the American people don't trust. The American people actually are not trusted with this information by the elite media. They don't think you and I can handle it. 
So they try to keep it a secret, but you can't keep that a secret. Even though the New York Times is standing right in front of them, pretending everything is normal. I'm talking about that press conference yesterday that Joe Biden did on Air Force One. In the back of Air Force One, they have this little compartment for reporters. I've sat in that compartment a few times, maybe about a dozen times I've been on Air Force One. Not to brag, but uh I have, and it's pretty cool, but... When you're on Air Force One and you're a reporter, you're basically working the whole time. So you really can't enjoy it. Uh, cause they always come back and they give you a piece of information and then you gotta, you gotta share it with all the other networks. So you're representing, you're not just like if you were there for say ABC News, you're not just representing ABC News, you're representing all broadcast media. So you got a lot of other little things you gotta do. You can't just sit back and enjoy the food and be like, oh wow, I'm on Air Force One. You got a lot of work to do. Every now and then the president comes back. And he said one ludicrous thing after the next. Nobody understood what he was talking about. His aides, they were glaring at each other. I highlighted this. Uh, John Kirby, you know the guy who looks like a game show host, is staring daggers, if you will, at at Tony Blinken. And you can just see, I told you. I told you this was not a good idea. I, you, you, you guys should have listened to me. Um, and it wasn't a good idea. And anyone can see that. Uh, so he embarrassed himself. But, mm, you know, they cover for him. Confused the Israelis, confused our enemies. Iran, they are feeling their oats right now. They feel like there's nothing they can't do. Um, I'm just watching and waiting for the beautiful and spectacular, truly retaliatory attack from um, from Israel. It's got to happen. It's got to happen. And uh, it's just a nasty thing about war, but it's got to happen. No choice. Hey, did you hear about the woman who was pushed on the train tracks? Wow. I mean, just in time. I said Monday morning I wasn't going to go on the train again. And that's because of what happened to me on Sunday. I wonder if it was the same guy. Let me see the guy who actually pushed this lady. To be honest, he kind of looks like the dude. I don't know. I don't know. But a madman pushed a lady into a train and then she fell on the train tracks. And this didn't happen like... At the end of the subway line, this happened on 53rd Street and 5th Avenue, right in the heart of New York City. Um, just, we fixed this. Do you remember when we fixed it? We fixed it. This new, New York was thriving. New York knew how to work. And then they broke it. They blew it all up on purpose. Do you hear that celebrities are making noise about leaving the country if Bush, uh, I'm sorry, if Trump wins? We've seen this before from some of these guys. In 2016, lots of celebrities said they would leave the country if Trump wins. And the latest to uh, say it, and I'm really surprised, is Cher. Cher, if I could turn back time. Cher. She is going to leave America because she's so afraid of what Trump will do as president. And I'm like, Cher, you should know better. Cher should really know better. I saw Cher, everybody, with my own eyes in 2004. Four, I believe it was. And you know what she was doing? And it was a beautiful thing. She was crying like a baby at Walter Reed Medical Center in Washington, D.C. And she was comforting the troops. She was meeting the troops. A lot of them, quite frankly, didn't know who Cher was. All right, these guys are very young and uh, Cher's kind of, well, anyway. But she was moved to go and see these grievously wounded Marines and soldiers, and she was comforting them and talking to them, and she was overwhelmed with emotion. And if you've been to Walter Reed, yeah, you, and you see some of these guys and, and what they're going through, and some of them have brain damage, and you know, a big chunk of their skull has been removed, and it's it's very, very tough. And you see their families, and she is crying, and that's a really natural human reaction. 
And I remember her talking about, boy, oh, boy, maybe this war isn't necessary. And she got some heat at the time. Like, you shouldn't be talking about the war. you got to support the war. You want the terrorists to come here? you got to support the Iraq war. Well, she didn't. And she had a lot of um, a lot of things to say. She's very unique, very unique person. Um, and she has now come out against Trump. And it's fascinating to me that so many people can't put the what they can't stand about Trump. You know, whether it's the hair, whether it's the yelling, whether it's the tweeting, whether it's the in-your-face style, all that stuff. He's a man of peace. No new wars. And share he knows, and you know, and I know. What a great, big, unnecessary catastrophe that Iraq war was. You want somebody else? You want somebody who will invade a country because it might look good in the polls? You want somebody who, who knows what Joe Biden would do to cling to power because he is so compromised. He must stay in office at all costs. You know, after yesterday, after yesterday and, and, and Joe on that plane and just the weirdo muttering all the time, just the, what is he? talking about this is not we deserve so much better than this and let me see here here is uh uh cut try try cut uh cut five listen to this does this make sense well years ago i asked the secretary of state would he and i work in the senate to write something for a man said uh your own line that uh i think is appropriate he said uh it's not we need uh not just, uh, well, I won't go into it. I'll wait later. Taking too much time. Stuff like that. Gibberish. Not making sense. Calling Dr. Jill Biden. She's a doctor, she tells us, right? She is desperately needed to straighten out uh, her husband and get him off the world stage immediately. At this point, I, 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 in a weird way, Kamala would be better. Yeah, she's goofy and she's weird, but at least you can understand the goofiness and the weirdness. You can hear her. And I think that's required. I uh, People tell me that they're uh, looking at DeSantis in a new light. I personally am not. I think he's a loser. I think he's out there wanting Trump to fail. Um, but everyone's telling me you got to take a look at him. He's not finished. Iowa, New Hampshire, he could win. I don't believe it. But let's let's take a let's take a fresh listen to Ron DeSantis cut 15. Joe Biden just announced a hundred million of your taxpayer dollars going to the Gaza Strip. They say it's humanitarian assistance. Stop. Does that even is that him or is that the guy asking the question? I think that's him. That sounds like a brand new voice. Keep going. Humanitarian assistance. We know Hamas is going to commandeer that money and Hamas is going to use it to advance terrorism. I say no U.S. tax dollars to the Gaza Strip. We still have hostages being held by Hamas. There are American hostages being held by Hamas. How are you funding them when they're holding Americans as well as others hostage? I challenge every Republican running, step up to the plate, join me in opposing Biden's $100 million gift to Hamas. Well, uh, who can, I don't disagree, but that was weird. Did that sound remotely? Just let me have the the, the first three seconds of that again. I just it does that. Is that Ron DeSantis for real? Cut fifteen. Joe Biden just announced a hundred million of your taxpayer dollars. No, it doesn't sound like him, right? The guy's been running for president for a year. I, I guess I don't. Is it? Does he have a cold? That sounded very odd. All the Republicans are on the right, uh, whether they're running for president or not. 
Here's Ted Cruz, formerly known as Lion Ted, but uh, he's actually a good guy in the end. Cut 13. What is unfolding in Israel is utterly horrific. This is the most serious attack facing the state of Israel in 50 years. This is Saturday, October 7th, was the single biggest mass murder in a day of Jews since the Holocaust. We have seen Palestinian terrorists committing horrific acts of murder, going from home to home, targeting civilians, murdering the elderly, murdering women, murdering children, deliberately executing every member of a family, raping women, raping little girls, burning and beheading infants. It is evil. There is no moral equivalence. Everyone in the media, every Democrat who is saying Hamas and Israel are the same, they're not remotely the same. And, and it is critical right now that we stand together, that every American says America stands with Israel 100 percent, period, full stop, for as long as it takes to utterly and completely defeat Hamas. All right. Good for you, Ted Cruz. Uh, but not every American is saying that. I totally agree with Ted. This is Rashid Rashid Tlaib. She is a Democrat from Michigan, and she is one of those squad members and she's rooting for the Palestinians. She's rooting for the terrorists here. Cut 10. Continue to watch people think it's okay to bomb a hospital with children. So we have to speak the truth. We gotta continue. Stop allowing people to police our words, to target what we say. Wait, I can target what you say. I disagree with it. And you're falling for Gaza bomb that hospital on purpose. These people are animals. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, uh, I didn't realize this. Oh, a little bit late. Burt Young died. Burt Young, the great actor. Uh, Paulie and Rocky. Man, he was good. He was so good. I liked him. I met him a couple of times. Uh, a, a great painter. He lived in Port Washington, I think, for a number of years. Wow, Burt Young. Oh, how old is he? 83. Uh, remember that character? He played, uh, Adrian's brother, right? Adrian's brother. That was one hell of a performance. He'd been in other movies too. He had a, a really brief, but kind of shining moment in, uh, Chinatown. Uh, I remember him also in Back to School with Roddy Dangerfield. He was like, but anyway, he was like a tough guy, but he had emotion and he could emote and he could, uh, you know, a tough guy, but you felt sorry for him. Uh, let me see. Can I get this going? All right. I got this. All right. So this is an amazing scene where Rocky has already been picked by Apollo for the big fight. Right. And, uh, you know, Paulie is always looking for a job and he walks in on Rocky and Adrian and they're talking about Paulie and Paulie overhears it and watch what happens. Okay. Listen. Okay. Here we go. Paulie keeps asking me for a job all the time, but he don't know nothing about fighting. Are you going to say anything to him? What's to say? I just don't know what he wants from me. It's Paulie. I don't want nothing from you. <gasps> I don't want nothing from you. This ain't no charity case. Get out of my house. It's not just your house. You're no friend no more. Get out of my house, He's I He's got a say. baseball bat in his hand. Both of you get out of my house. Yo. It's cold outside, Paulie. 
He's going to break up the joint. Uh-oh. I don't want you missing, huh? And I don't raise you to go with this scumbug. Yeah, come on. Want to hit on me? Come on. I'll break both your arms so they don't work for you. <laughs> That's right, I'm not good enough to meet with Gazzo. That's why I think of Gazzo. Now you're a big shot fighter on the way up. You don't even throw a crumb to your friend Paulie. When I go and get your meat every morning, you forgot that night I even give you my sister too. My auntie was there. I'm a pig. A pig gets you the best. Like a loser. Oh I don't God. get married because of you. You can't live by yourself. Yikes. You owe me. Why do I owe you? You're supposed to be good to me. Why do I owe you, Polly? Why do I owe you? I treat you good. I cook for you. I clean for you. I pick up your dirty clothes. She's beating him up. I take care of you, Polly. I don't owe you nothing. (sighs) And you made me feel like a loser. I'm not a loser. All right, that's enough. Yikes. Oh, wow, that's emotional, right? Yikes! Yelling and screaming. I thought Rocky was all about, uh, you know, and you know, winning against the odds or almost winning. Yikes! I forgot. That's really intense. And in another scene, he comes home on Thanksgiving. He's all mad. I can't remember why. And he he's like, Paulie, it's Thanksgiving. Please, it's Thanksgiving. Oh yeah. Well, here's the chicken. Go out in the alley and eat the chicken. Just that he throws it in the alley, and she's like, oh, Paulie. I remember watching that movie with my mother, and actually she really got upset. Although we loved it at the end, you know, the music. and um, All right, Burt Young, anything else to say about him? Great guy. Oh, I do know this. He got the role in Rocky. He was like a pretty established actor, and Sylvester Stallone was like, please do the movie. Please do the movie. He's like, I'm going to do the movie. I'm just trying to get a little bit more money out of these guys. I'm going to do the movie. You got street gold. He called the script Street Gold. It was amazing. His wife died, I'm reading this here, 1974. He was a widower for a long time. Anyway, wow, Burt Young, a Marine, by the way. Rest in peace, sir. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, still no speaker, Jim Jordan. I want Jim Jordan. I know that guy. I could probably get a couple of favors out of him while he's Speaker of the House. I could get a tour. I could, I don't know. I Look, I wouldn't bother him with any requests, but I think he's a good man, and I think he'd be great. And a couple of rhinos down there are giving him a hard time for, um, I'm not exactly sure why. Why? Why? Because he had questions about the election. It's okay. It's okay. He's a good guy. He'd be great. Now they want to give it to this guy, McHenry, and they won't actually vote on him, apparently. They'll just, like, give him the power. you got a speaker pro temp. You know, every time the speaker is, like, out of town, they give it to somebody else, a speaker pro temp. 
So they're going to give it to the Speaker Pro Temp, like, full time. And the Speaker Pro Temp is a is a little guy named McHenry, a career politician, bow tie wearing guy. You know, if you're not Orville Redenbacher from the uh, Popcorn Factory, you're, he's the only guy who can wear a uh, bow tie and get away with it. Nobody else can. Uh, McHenry, here, uh, been in politics since the age of 17, right? Doesn't want to do anything, just wants to be something, be something important. Matt Gates has something to say about this. He's all fired up. We got to vote for a speaker. You got to vote for it because pro temp, if they just like sit on their hands and do nothing, we'll get a pro temp. What does pro temp mean? Pro what? Pro temporary? Professional temporary? A professional temp. Maybe it means that. Matt Gates, the guy who started this whole thing by blowing it up, and I like him for doing it all, by the way. Uh, go ahead. I think that I'm against Speaker Light. I'm against Bud Light. I believe it is a constitutional desecration to not elect a Speaker of the House. We need to stay here until we elect a Speaker. And if someone can't get the votes, we need to go on to the next person. But but twisting and torturing the Constitution to empower a temporary speaker is having a speaker light that is not constitutionally contemplated, is deeply infirm, and I will do everything possible to stop it. All right, good for him. Deeply infirm, is that what he said? Deeply infirm? Um, well, they'll get it figured out eventually. It doesn't really matter all that much. And every time the Democrats say this is chaos, whatever, uh, don't believe them. Hey, what's going on here? Am I am I hallucinating or something? It says that Brett Baer, that uh, that guy on Fox News, perfectly nice guy, except he's. Uh, mm, well, let's talk about the good things. He's a great dad, and his uh, one of his kids had a health issue way back when. And uh, they put a really beautiful book together about, you know, how they came together and uh, the son uh, conquered. I think it was a heart ailment as a very, you know, as a baby. And that was beautiful and amazing. So uh, he's got, a you know, great kids and uh, the family life is fine and that's good. But <laughs> how does a guy like Brett Baer get enough cash on hand to buy, to be in possession of two homes that cost a grand total valued at $70 million? $70 million. I'm Brett Baer, and this is Special Report. Uh, Mike Emanuel reports from the Pentagon. Uh, Britt, what do you think? Uh, that's all he ever says on that show. And he's going to be, hes he, somehow he got himself a house. Is, is he a kept man? Is this family money? What's going on? Um, he has the, the house in Washington, D.C. that he's selling. If it goes through for their asking price of 30-something million dollars, it will be the biggest real estate deal private real estate deal for a residence in the history of Washington, D.C. For Brett Baer, I'm just, wow. I mean, talk about uh, America, very good country. You know, even... <laughs> uh, thank you. Mike Emanuel at the Pentagon. Thanks. Uh, I've been to Iraq 75 times, and it was a great thing, that Iraq war. It's just like Joe Biden. He talks about how many times he's been to uh, Iraq. He counts up all those little VIP trips with the Secretary of Defense. They spend about 45 minutes there, and they leave, and they count that as a trip. And 75 trips, and that equals about two days. And he's one of those guys, always bragging about how many times he's been to Iraq or Afghanistan, and uh, it really amounts to two days. And you're with the Secretary of Defense for so many years. This is one of the reasons why I, quite frankly, didn't fit in at Fox, because they were so gung-ho about the war, and so gung-ho about, oh, wrong. 
uh, Don Rumsfeld. Wow, Don, Donald Rumsfeld was chief of staff to uh, Gerald Ford. That, that that was their version of history, right? Oh, wow, that's in-depth reporting. Um, what has he done lately that annoys us? Uh, calling Arizona for Biden at that critical moment. Nobody had any business calling that election at that time. Uh, and what else? He's chewing out, not chewing out. I mean, they give him authorization. Go uh, give uh, Donald Trump a hard time about his comments on Hezbollah. Okay, 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 boss. All right, sure. Um, what was the other thing he did? Oh, Cassidy Hutchinson, that fake, that fake, the swamp loved her, including Brett. Brett is so swamp. I noticed that, you know, George W. Bush could be there. He'll be interviewing him. Uh, Obama, you know, he'll, he'll be fine, right? Trump finds a way to survive. Biden's back, finds a way. The swamp, it's like the house. The house always wins, right? And they really don't care. They, I don't think they do care. And just for optics purposes, I don't care if you got enough money to uh, buy a house like that. You don't. You don't. All right, park it in mutual funds or something like that. Uh, uh, buy it on a private island somewhere. But you're, you're living in downtown Washington D.C. as the anchor of the, the special report show, uh, Molly Hindenburg. Thanks. Um, isn't that a little much? Anyway, what do you guys think about anything? Let's go to um, uh, Adam. Oh, Adam. Is, is he off today? Yes, he is. Monday and Thursday. You're off from the from the airport job. How are you? Wednesdays and Thursdays, sir. Yeah, that's what I just said. He said Monday and Thursday. But anyway. Did I? I don't think so. Go to the tape. Anyway, what's up? Well, I have my mind set on Israel and uh, Hamas, but. Hey, listen, oh, Adam. Right? I've been trying. I've been trying to get you. I've been trying to straighten you out. I think you've been spending too much time on the Internet, all right? You know, this is Israel versus evil, all right? These are bad, bad people, these terrorists, right, going at that concert with all those women and kidnapping them. You are not on their side, right, Adam? I'm sure, I'm sure not, sir. No, I don't know. Right? You're hesitating. You're equivocating. You sound no, like one of those Hollywood no. celebrities. No, I can never switch on that, sir. I'm not never switch. I'm never going with the terrorists. Never. Okay? I'm a Democrat, but I'm not going with them guys. Okay? Okay. Um, could you could you explain to me what Sidney Powell did pleading guilty today, sir, on that RICO case? Yeah, I uh, I don't know. Uh, I do know this. Sidney Powell is crazy. All right? Sidney Powell is totally insane. Now, I did not know that. A couple of years ago, I mean, former federal prosecutor, she was great representing Michael Flynn. Um, I see she's yeah, pleading guilty to a bunch of misdemeanors. Now, number one, she was totally overcharged. And I haven't really been following her case. You know, I'm really worried about Rudy. He, he's the one. And I, I went through the indictment and he's actually accused of leaving lawmakers voicemails. You know, you can't say to an Arizona lawmaker, hey, it's Rudy Giuliani. I'd like to talk to you about the election. Give me a call back. That's actually, according to this indictment, a crime. I don't know what the hell um, Sidney Powell is all about these days. And, you know, that Kraken she was always talking about, I believed her and thought she had the the goods. And, uh, you know, she kind of was, I don't know. I, I I don't know, Adam. I'm sorry. I can't help you on that. I'll, I'll read up on it later. But I basically decided to, um, when she said what she said and how she said it, and she didn't come through with anything, I kind of lost all interest in her. Right. Okay. All right. So, uh, thank you, Adam. Yeah, that's how I feel about that. She is, uh, 
Never met her. I did interview her a couple of times, and uh, but I've never had a private conversation with her. Um, so, Joe, you're in Cranford, New Jersey. Hello. Hey, Greg. How you doing? Two things. A little music trivia. When uh, Paulie is uh, breaking out that baseball bat, he he hit. You see a picture of Burt Young in a Chief Petty Officer's uniform with the MAA badge. I'm retired Coast Guard. You're retired Marine Corps. We both know MAA, Master at Arms. That's actually Burt Young's press photo from when he played a Chief Petty Officer in the James Conn, Marsha Mason movie called Cinderella Liberty. It's a little music trivia there. Nobody uh Movie trivia. That. That's uh no, well, I know the picture you're talking about, and I, I thought, wow, that's a nice little touch there. You know, back when he was in the military. And that's interesting. So it's a publicity photo. How do you know that? Well, Burt Young is also a former Marine. I know, but how He's do you the, know uh, that? How do you know that about that publicity photo? Oh, I know that because uh Daryl Ponsikin wrote Cinderella Liberty and uh and The Last Detail with Jack Nicholson. They were later turned into movies. And and uh, Burt Young played the chief petty officer when James Conn. All right, so you uh, recognize you recognize the photo. Yeah, yes, yeah. sir. And two things: uh, a retired U.S. Coast Guard. I was on a number of cases with your father in the early 2000s, including the B-125 barge explosion. I have pictures of your father in front of the explosion, actually. Anyway, um, the uh, there's an Aviate Harrier on the Intrepid where my father served. And, uh, you know, it's named Buick after Captain Riviera. Manny Riviera. Riviera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first uh, Gulf War casualty. He lived in the Bronx. I knew people who knew him. I never knew him, but he died at the age of, I think, 26, flying off a carrier. I met his family a couple of times. Yeah. It's a really nice touch that they put his name, a New Yorker's name, on the Harrier and the Aviate Harrier on the Intrepid. Everybody should go check it out, and it's still there. Uh, Yeah, it's good that you know. You know a lot of trivia. Okay, keep going. Hey, I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to, when I was working in Newark Airport prior to joining the service, and he was a big, the, the Puerto Rican community uh, in Newark was absolutely devastated. And I wanted to know as a fellow AV-8 uh, pilot yourself, what, what happened? He seemed like a, it was a very, it was a tragic accident, squared away guy, pilot, self-made. Can I you explain what happened to I, that? I, I know it happened at night. He was taking off from a, from an LHA. He was taking off from a ship at night, which is uh, inherently dangerous. And I don't know if they recovered the wreckage. I don't know if they determined what happened. There are theories as to what happened, but you know he died, and I don't know if they know. Uh, happened uh, just as the uh, yeah, just as the Gulf War was uh, getting underway. One of the first casualties, and a New Yorker, Manny Rivera. I gotta, I gotta check on his family. Good people. Um, thank you, thank you for that. Yeah, wow. Isn't that uh, isn't that interesting? Go to the Intrepid, and it's still there. I hope it's still there. I haven't been to the Intrepid in about two years. They got a great gift shop there as well. And a bunch of other stuff. So, um, let's see. Hey, there can be no doubt that all of this anti-Semitism is not a MAGA thing, okay? It is a far-left, weirdo, wacko, communist thing, all right? You know, Joe uh, would go out there and try to imply that MAGA somehow is anti-Semitic. That is such a lie. It really is. It is the, the it's, it's so offensive. You know, I'm, ex- you can call me extreme MAGA. And you know what? You know, there's a big evangelical presence within MAGA and the evangelicals and Israel for reasons that I, you know, like I'm only becoming mildly acquainted with. So supportive of Israel, so supportive. And you go back to the Bible, probably no community in America as supportive of Israel other than like, you know, I guess, uh, uh, Jewish groups, certain conservative Jewish groups, and evangelical Christians right there together in support of Israel. Do not believe – hey, 
now that we know how corrupt universities are with their anti-Semitic um, evil crap, it gives you a bit of an idea, a little bit of an opening. Now, finally, these billionaires are saying, hey, we're not going to support them anymore if they if they teach this kind of stuff. And that's good. But what about all the other horrible stuff that they've been teaching, right? This gender theory, this American history, critical race theory, all of it, all of it, it is it is brainwashing on a mass scale. And I think we have to reevaluate anyone going to a private university. You cannot, do not subject your children to that. i got to figure out a way to get my children educated. Right now they're good, they're in a good school, but what happens next? What happens in high school? What, God forbid, college? And, you know, mil- the military isn't exactly an option anymore. You know, that's gone woke as hell. Oh, please, please, Trump, win, please. I'll be right back. Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, I'm, I'm looking at Brett Bear. Brett Bear. I'm looking at his new house, uh, $37 million in Palm Beach. Uh, this guy's overpaid. <laughs> I just, it's just, it's like I, you never really look twice. It kind of looks like, it looks a little bit like an Arby's. The roof is a little bit like an Arby's, uh, like in the 70s. And then the front of it is changed. So the overall effect, not an Arby's because it's got columns in front. It's only one story as well. If I'm paying $37 million, I want the, uh, I basically want a office building. <laughs> I just want something. Um, it looks kind of like a mausoleum. That's what it looks like, a mausoleum, you know, where you don't bury the bodies, which, by the way, used to appeal to me. I didn't want to be buried. I still don't want to be buried. Oh, gosh, I don't want to think about what happens next. In terms of my body. I know what happens next in terms of the soul, but, uh, eesh, right? Cremation. Cremation. Have you thought about that, James Flippin? I have, actually. Yeah, I, I prefer to be cremated as well. You have uh, instructions in case something happens no, to you? No, actually, I haven't done that yet, no. But um, I've, I've verbally shared that. Everybody reference. knows, right? I also want to be kept alive no matter what the cost, no matter what the uh, <laughs> inconvenience and stress it gives my family and relatives and the healthcare system. Keep me alive. My living well is to keep me living, all right, as long as possible. That's funny, but I don't believe that you actually feel that way. I do. Are you kidding me? Really? Yes. They might cure whatever I have, and then they can give it to me, and I can walk out of the hospital. Yeah, and you wake up 25 years later, and there's nobody else there. Nobody you know, none of your friends, family. I'd I'd make friends. I'd get acquainted. I'd adjust. All right. uh, What's going on? Well, I have a story here that I was just handed by your producer excellent extraordinaire i should say rich radabali did you hear about this of the more than forty thousand adult migrants that have arrived in new york over the last year plus just 2100 have applied for work permit status so forty thousand adult migrants have arrived just 2100 have applied for work permit status and not a single one has yet to receive federal approval uh, so the bottom line is, uh, not only are they lawbreakers, they're lazy. I guess they're not, they're not here to work, apparently, at least not in a legal capacity. Um, well, you know how I feel. Get them the hell out. Especially that they broke the law coming here. Uh, get them the hell out. They moved the National Guard in. I think they should have brought a truck with them and put them in the truck. I mean, really, uh, we have to have a national deportation campaign, a national deportation program. Um, we are going to lose our country. We're losing it right now. Uh, all right. What else? Uh, Councilwoman Joanne Ariola. She is pursuing What's legislation. What's her name? 
Joanne Ariola. Ariola. Okay. Who, where is she from? I think Queens. All right. She is pursuing legislation that would ban housing migrants on national parkland. Because, you know, there's the whole thing with Floyd Bennett Field. Wait a second. Is this Joanne? The, 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 she's a Republican, right? Yeah. I mean, I love her. Okay. But, you know, she's pursuing legislation. Right. Okay, she's one of like three Republicans in the entire council. Well, right? look, I mean, no, 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 no. You got to be, you got to be mindful of this, James. You can't just like, oh, a press release. Oh, somebody announced something. I mean, she ain't gonna get that done. You don't think I, so? No, I no, no. Now she'll get a little bit of publicity, and maybe it'll help her run for whatever the hell she wants to run for next. It's not all just Republicans that are opposed to some of the stuff surrounding Floyd Bennett Field and things like that. You know, I mean, there's also uh, Council Member Robert Holden of Queens, who kind of bends a little more conservative. He's not happy about what's going on with the migrant situation. Uh huh. Well, I like it when they actually submit it and we get closer. And you know, let tell me what you've done. You know, I don't like these politicians who go up and they show up and I will write a letter and I am preparing legislation that will say such and such. Just do the freaking job to me. I like Joanne, but it's amazing that some of these people even take paychecks. It really is. It's just it's just a ego campaign for them. All right. What else? Cops are pursuing this guy who pushed a 30 year old woman headfirst into a subway train yesterday. A random incident. The woman's in critical condition now. Hurt her head. And uh, cops say a homeless man pushed her into the subway. So people, you know, uh, commuters that we're hearing from say they're really worried about taking the subway. Yeah. Uh, cops are pursuing it. Do they have any leads? Do they have the guy's name? They do. I think they know the guy, but they haven't caught him yet, obviously. Did they tell everybody else's name? Uh, yeah. I, I, the, na- the first name stuck out to me, Saber something. I, I apologize. Well, that give I can't me his last name. name. I actually know a couple of Sabers. Do Which, you know a few yeah, Sabers? Yeah. Who is he? Tell me more. Let's see here. Let's see if we can help out here. Cops, uh, no, 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 no. It was in Midtown. Happened yesterday. Woman in critical condition. 30-year-old woman. I'm looking at the guy's face. It's not the guy who, Mm, no, it's not the guy who accosted me. He looks like in that orange getup. He just came from. uh, Oh, the guy who was smiling and then not smiling when he was in your face? This guy looks like he just came from jail with the orange getup. Did he? Do we know? No, I haven't heard that. I didn't like that the cop said, yes, we know who this guy is. Well, all right. I mean, maybe proactively do something. Well, maybe they just don't know where he is. He was identified as Saber Jones, 39, okay, Jones. a man with an apparent history of mental illness who remained on the loose late Wednesday. And uh, after the attacker suddenly shoved the woman, someone immediately called 911. Good Samaritans jumped uh, on the tracks to get her off the platform. Shoot, this poor lady is uh, forever changed. I'm not going down there ever again. Ooh, I'm looking at her purse. It's all blood splattered. It's Awful. all blood splattered. Man, oh, man, oh, man. Yeah, I've been in that train station a million times. That used to be my go-to train station. Mm. And, uh, well, we're really sorry about this. And uh, the city is slipping so bad. Hey, but at least, uh, you know, they're on the lookout for that white supremacy. And uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion is going full steam ahead. Thank you, James. No problem, Greg. All also, right. Time Out Magazine says Fort Greene, Brooklyn, among one of the cooler neighborhoods in the world. Just, you might want to know that. That's a fake story from a fake magazine. James, come on. I'm, I'm just, out of it's, We already knew it's, that's where the hipsters live. Come on. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, 
you see it all the time on TV. There's a million documentaries. The news can't stopping about it, uh, talking about it. There's always some guy who was wrongfully convicted, and 27 years DNA evidence uh, conclusively proves that uh, he didn't do it. And we'll ignore his confession. We'll ignore all the why witness testimony. We'll ignore this. We'll ignore that. Nope. It's uh, too beautiful a narrative. And after all these years, he's home free and wrongfully convicted, wrongfully convicted. Well, I hate to say this, and I don't like it. It's uh, just any system is flawed. And um, sooner or later, innocent people will go to jail. I hate that. I wish it were the case, but uh, it does happen. And uh, I don't know how to fix that. Uh, I don't. I mean, it will in a country this size. Uh, yeah, it's going to happen. Just horrible things happen, and that will happen. Jury system, juries make mistakes, prosecutors make mistakes, defense attorneys, judges, right? Sometimes they don't make mistakes. They actually commit violations, crimes even, the system. Um, but like Winston Churchill said, it's the worst system in the world, compared, uh, except for all the others, okay? It's like it's a system we got. But, you know, you see those stories about people getting um, exonerated, not guilty, not guilty, Verdict overturned. Well, sooner or later, some of those so-called exonerations, some of those people are actually, in fact, guilty. They actually did it. Even though Netflix wants to do a beautiful documentary about how they didn't do it and watch that beautiful reunion with the uh, lovable grandmother and all that stuff, there are bad people in the world, and you can appeal a case, and we all know what a technicality is. You can get off on a technicality. Uh, that happens, and I'm not saying it uh, necessarily shouldn't happen. You know, you use the law as aggressively as you can. Uh, but sooner or later, somebody is going to be wrongfully exonerated, right? Got to keep that in mind. Every time you see one of these uh, headlines from the Innocence Project, I noticed that the Innocence Project, well, they only seem to want to take one kind of case, and it's always um, more on that some other time. The Innocence Project was... Founded by a guy named Barry Sheck, who famously got off the guiltiest person in the world, O.J. Simpson. Innocent. Yeah, thanks uh, Thanks a lot, Barry. Um, so the Innocence Project, uh, they found out that this guy, his name is uh, Cure, C-U-R-E. And he was convicted of armed robbery and taking a hostage about uh, 18 years ago. And two years ago, conclusive evidence that he didn't do it. Well, I looked at the case and I'm like, I don't know how conclusive this is, but okay. So, uh, Mr. Cure is walking around, um, with a chip on his shoulder about law enforcement. I guess you could kind of understand that, but, uh, I don't know. At the same time, I don't think you should have a chip on your shoulder about anything. Nobody even talks about having a chip on your shoulder these days. Everybody seems to have a chip on their shoulder. And this guy, since he spent all that time in jail, uh, thinks he can do 100 miles per hour down the highway, and that's not a problem. So he gets pulled over by the cops, and it's all on dash cam video. And he seems to have this attitude that the police have no authority whatsoever to stop him. I mean, I know he was in jail for a long time, but I, you know, certain things are constant, right? Well, actually, no, because in 2020, while he was away, everything got rearranged in society, and you had certain police chiefs taking a knee, Nancy Pelosi, everything's racist, critical race theory, everything down is up, up is down. And this guy thinks he doesn't have to listen to the cops. Well, he's about to get shot. 
and it's his fault because, well, he tried to kill the cop. Didn't have to be this way, but here's a traffic stop, and, uh, well, the man who gets stopped gets shot. All right, are we ready with this momentarily? Um, happened down in Georgia. Devil went down in Georgia, Camden County. And, you know, I've been pulled over. And whenever I'm pulled over, I'm kind of relieved. I'm actually relieved. Number one, I realize there are a couple of things that are constant no matter what. No matter what, there's no gun in the car, all right? There's no illegal gun in the car. Number two, I have not been drinking and I have not been using drugs. So I'm going to listen to the cop and I'm going to comply and, uh, you know, everything's going to be fine. I actually, you know, like, okay, this is going to be interesting. We'll see what he says and that kind of thing. But I don't, you know, just don't give the guy an attitude. All right, so we don't have the clip. Well, let me tell you this. He uh, he mouths off to the cop. The cop is begging with him to cooperate. The guy is giving him attitude and not cooperating every step of the way. Finally, he gets a stun gun in the back. And I think they got to pump up the voltage on these stun guns because he's got all that voltage going in him. And he turns around and rips out the little tasers that are in his back. And he just goes after the cop and starts beating him up. And then he puts the cop in a chokehold, and it's like he's choking him out. I mean, he's really choking him. Ooh, actually, all right, let's listen, shall we? All right, here we go. A traffic stop from just three days ago. Go ahead. Step out! Get out! Get out! Put your hands back here. I ain't doing Put your damn hands back here. Who are you? Staff Sergeant Sheriff's Office. My name is Howie. I don't care. Step to the rear of this vehicle. In the name of who? In the name of the law of the state of Georgia. Step back here. Now you're getting tased. Watch me now. Put your hands on the back of that truck. Do you see that? Put your hands on the back of that truck. Back of the truck. Both hands. Stop. Just so you know, he's being a jerk every step of the way. The first uh, 30 seconds there, he had his hands right next to his pockets, down. Now, the guy's really angry, the cop. You're like, well, why does he have to be so angry? You're going to find out in a second, all right? And he says, turn around. He's not actually turning around. He's just making this cop's job incredibly difficult, and he's endangering himself. And, oh, by the way, there's traffic flying by. Each Either one of these guys could get hit by a car. Keep going. 34, can you send me another unit? One non compliant. Your name is Officer Who? Staff Sergeant Aldridge with the Camden County Sheriff's Office. Who County? Who County? Camden County. Put your hand behind your back. Do I have a do I have a warrant? Wait, wait. No, 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 no. Excuse me. No, no. Excuse me. Either put your hands behind your back because you're getting tased. I'm telling you that right now. Why am I getting taken? Because you are under arrest for speeding and reckless driving. I'm not driving. Nobody was hurt. How was I speeding? You passed me doing 100 miles an hour. Okay, so that's a speeding ticket, right? Sir, tickets in the state of Georgia are criminal offenses. I don't have a ticket in Georgia. You do now? Why? You passed me doing 100 miles an hour. And what? I'm not going Hands to behind your back. Yes, you're going to jail. He's tasing him. Hands behind him. your back. He's tasing him. And he Put ripped. your hands behind your back. And he rips it out, and he goes after the cop. Grabs him, and now they're fighting. Now they're wrestling. And now the guy 
who got pulled over is getting the advantage. And he's choking the cop. Yeah, bitch. Yep, you hear bitch. that? And the guy just grabbed his Stay gun down. and he Stay shoots down. him. All right, stop Stay right down. there. So, for whatever reason, they uh, they bleeped the noise of the gun going off. I hate that that happened, but where could this guy have gotten the idea that uh, the police have no authority? Where could he have gotten that? Maybe from uh, television. <laughs> Maybe from MSNBC. Maybe from CNN. Maybe from the pundit after pundit talking about systemic racism and the uh, inherent racism of uh, American history and cops and cops were formed as a slave patrol and all these lies told, uh, well, the New York Times led the charge, that 1619 project. What's that woman's name again? Nicole Hannah Jonesy. She made a fake book and made a real fortune telling lies about America. And then chumps like that, it trickles down to them, and they somehow get it in their head that they don't have to comply. And I, you know what? I don't think you can drive your car at 100 miles per hour. That's a threat to me and you. We want police to be able to pull people over like that, right? And then what are they supposed to do if you don't listen to the cop? I mean, a civilized society, we need police officers who can, um, well, exercise force when needed. So it's terrible, though. Those liberals at the New York Times or in the comfort of their studios, MSNBC, they know not to get in fights like that. They know not to drive 100 miles per hour. Uh, but that guy who's uh, been in and out of jail for most of his life, uh, he hasn't learned the same lessons, but he has kind of picked up what you've all been putting down about how cops are racist and systemic racism and this critical race theory. And the result is he's dead. And that is a totally justified shooting. A lot of the fake news are not pointing that out. They're actually just pointing out that he was wrongfully convicted and now he's been shot by cops. Hey, that reminds me. There was a really great guy who was, um, he just barely escaped on September 11th. He was a security guard and he was working at the United Nations and George W. Bush is delivering a speech in 2002 and just over uh, George W. Bush's shoulder, you can see this guy in his uh, UN police uniform and he looks really sharp and he's you know, serving his country and then a year later, he died on that Staten Island ferry crash. Um, talk about, like, the systems failing you. You know? I just found it really, and that picture is something else. i got to find his name. Staten Island man. And uh, anybody take the ferry on a daily basis? I noticed a lot more people are taking the ferry and not taking the, not taking the bus. You know, you got the express buses all over Staten Island. Uh, let's see here. Darius Marshall is his name. Darius Marshall had just finished a shift as a security guard at the United Nations when he called his banker brother, Eros, at his Tribeca office, but Eros was busy. Darius got off early and stopped by. I was on a project and couldn't get away. I told him that I'd have to catch him next time, he told the Post. So Darius boarded the Andrew J. Barberi. This 23rd anniversary was uh, 20th anniversary, which was just a couple of days ago. Uh, ferry boat at the Whitehall Terminal in Lower Manhattan and set off for his home, his new home on Staten Island, where he had just moved with his wife of four months, Cindy. Just two years earlier, Darius had barely survived the collapse of the World Trade Center on 
He was knocked unconscious by falling debris and was finally bound, uh, finally found by his family on a hospital ferry boat in New Jersey 13 hours after the attacks. This time, Darius would not make it. 20 minutes after leaving the tip of Manhattan, as the 3,000-ton, 310-foot-long Barbary approached the St. George Terminal, the off-course vessel plowed into a maintenance pier at full speed, piercing a 250-foot-wide hole in its starboard side and ripping through the main deck where many of the 1,500 passengers, including Darius, lined up to disembark. At 25, Darius Marshall was the youngest of 11 people to lose their lives that day. He was my younger brother and my best friend, said Eros Marshall, said of the Wagner College graduate. And I'm looking at the picture there, right behind George W. Bush, looking really sharp in his uh, in his uniform, the United Nations uh, Police Force. Great guys over there. I can't stand the U.N., but great security. October 15th will mark the 20th anniversary, or did mark the 20th anniversary of the ferry tragedy, Cause when the man at the ship's wheel, yeah, this is a weird story. Assistant Captain Richard Smith, he was 55, blacked out at the helm after taking strong prescription medication for a bad back. Seventy people were injured, some horrifically maimed. Doctors at Staten Island hospitals performed amputations on four people and treated untold broken bones, crushed pelvises, and life-changing trauma. James McMillan, 44, of the Bronx, lost the use of his legs and arms. Paul Esposito, 24, lost both legs above the knee. In 2004, Esposito said he still had nightmares but wanted to live a full life. I want to have a positive attitude. I want to bring some good out of a bad situation. Barbara Butcher, an investigation investigator with the City Office of Chief Medical Examiner, was assigned to the case. My first view of the destruction of the ferry was heartbreaking. So many personal items strewn through the wreckage of the interior, and then the sight of human remains crushed beneath the seats and windows. Worse was to follow. I remember telling a young wife that her husband was identified among the victims. Her screams still echo in my mind. Eros Marshall returned to his home that night in Sparta, New Jersey, and turned on the TV his first glimpse of what happened. He called Darius, but only got his voicemail. I knew something was wrong, he said. My wife and I drove to a facility that the Red Cross set up on Staten Island. It took an hour or so before they told us that he had passed away in the accident. I wasn't angry. I was devastated. I remember thinking, how am I going to tell my mother? In the immediate aftermath of the crash, Captain Smith fled the scene to his home in Staten Island. After locking himself in the bathroom, he tried to slit his wrists and attempted to shoot himself twice with a pellet gun. His suicide attempt failed when his family and some of his co-workers kicked the door down to save him. Smith, who still lives on Staten Island, did not return messages seeking comment. In August of 2004, Smith pleaded guilty to 11 counts of Siemens manslaughter and 17 months later was sentenced to 18 months in prison. Um, yikes. And in Brooklyn Federal Courthouse, he said he'll regret for the rest of my life that I did not call in sick. Yeah, he was. Oh, boy. Anyway. Uh, Darius Marshall, rest in peace, and all the other victims on that horrible, horrible day 20 years ago. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. How much damage have the Real Housewives uh, of uh, Jersey, of Salt Lake City, of Orange County, of Atlanta done to this country, huh? The, uh, the, uh, it's not the dumbing down of America. It's, uh, it's worse. I don't know, but these are almost universally horrible women. 
horrible, 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 horrible lives, materialistic, uh, narcissistic, um, vulgar, usually just the worst people in the world. And everybody watches these shows, not to sound like a, a holy roller or anything like that, but um, just there's so many other things to do. Oh, and then there's this. Um, man, you know, I basically uh, Tinder. You heard of Tinder? Swipe left, swipe right. That's how people meet these days on the on the apps. And I was talking to this guy. He's probably 29 years old. I won't say how I know him. It's not through work, but a friend of the family. So let me put it that way. And uh, I noticed uh, during about a 15-minute conversation, he was on the phone for most of it. There are other people in the room. And afterwards, I'm like, hey, uh, just curious. You were doing a lot of texting. Um, what were you doing? It's like, oh, uh, I'm just setting up the weekend. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, he's, he's setting up dates. He was setting up dates with uh, people he met online and some of them, actually, like most of them, he had met during the meeting. And he's just like, and then there's sending pictures and all this stuff. And he had a, about a 10 to 12 things all set up for the weekend, for the following week. And there's something that is so lazy about that. Something that is so, I don't know, um, it doesn't take any, I mean, it's not like his prowess. He's like, really, he's like a ladies man or something like that. No, he just has a silly app on his phone, and he's 29 and not fat. And they think that they're, uh, ooh, the catch of the century. This is damaging people, really. He didn't have to, like, summon the nerve to ask somebody for their number and call and deal with uh, strategy and deal with somebody else answering the phone like a father. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, at Greg Kelly USA, if you want to see what all the fuss is about regarding my Twitter and Instagram. Instagram. Hey, you know kids still go on field trips? I thought that was really neat. Uh, my daughter, the whole class, went to a museum today. And, of course, you got to have your permission slip. Remember that? And every now and then one person forgot their permission slip. And couldn't go. I think they've pretty much done away with that because, you know, you can get a hold of the parent pretty easily and uh, make sure that they have a fun time with everybody else. All right, Bob in New Jersey. Hello. Hey, Greg. Thanks for taking my call. Great show as as always. I wanted to make a comment and maybe you can add some information to it about RFK Jr. He's an attorney, and if I'm not mistaken. He was on the board or representing the uber left who thinks that using pesticides to grow crops and food for the world is not a good idea. I don't know about pesticides. Uh, I know he's an environmentalist and uh, he cleaned up the uh, Hudson River. But, yeah, he's a liberal. He's a liberal. He's a totally uh, liberal guy. Uh, I liked his vaccine position. And I like that he was very suspicious and wrote a, ba- a nasty book about Fauci, was exactly what Fauci deserved. But, you know, he just came out in favor of reparations for black people, which is totally insane. So, um, yeah, he's a lefty lunatic, and uh, he's running as an independent. We think it's going to hurt Biden more than it hurts Trump. Actually, we know it's going to hurt Biden, and it's not going to hurt Trump. Um, that's what I got to say about that. One more quick com- comment, uh, comment uh, about your girls worrying about getting a good education yeah have your wife 
Homeschooled. Homeschooled. Uh, you know, I don't know if that's really an option. My wife uh, works. I work. I can't, you know, we can't. Uh, I don't know about that, pal. I don't know. And I think there's something to be said for socialization, you know, and, and meeting other kids and, uh, you know, the disappointment and the and the problems you encounter in the world. There is an argument to be made for homeschool, but I'm not I'm not convinced. Thanks, Bob. I'll take a look. Ooh, it's Russ. It's been nasty two days in a row. Let's see what he's like today. Hi. Greg, I'm going to be nice. I'm, I'm telling you right off the top, okay? I'm, I'm going to be nice. Isn't according, that what you want me to say? According to you. I mean, uh, well, well, you know, it doesn't even sound nice so far. So what's up? I thought you had the judge, but you were asking me. Now, I'd like to know, would you agree that speed cameras prevent racism? No. Do you understand why I think they do? Uh, you think that speed cameras prevent racism. And if only we had speed cameras all over the place, we'd have no racism. Is that it? No, we eliminate. You know, again, people get pulled over for a lot of things other than speeding. You know that, right? Okay. Well, let's. Start I mean, with... uh, speed cameras. Now, by the way, do you want more speed cameras? We got speed cameras all over the place. I want. You want more Which... speed cameras? Everywhere. Everywhere. What drive? kind of what, what what kind of life do you want? The surveillance state. You want them everywhere. Uh, you really want uh, to get a mail a letter in the mail with a picture that you didn't come to a full stop at a stop sign? I've gotten a couple of those. It's weird. It's crazy. These things are there to serve us, not the other way around. And it ain't going to solve racism. All right. It's not, uh, has nothing to do with it, actually. Anyway, Russ, keep the, uh, keep the ideas coming, even the bad ones. Let's go to, uh, oh, Barbara in Huntington. Hello. Hi, Greg. Um, I was reading a quote by Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and, um, this is in the book that Eric Metaxas wrote about Bonhoeffer. And he's really addressing the evil that's going on right now and the people who are standing by doing nothing. When he says silence in the face of evil is itself evil, God will not hold us unaccountable. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. No one can stand on the sidelines anymore. We all must be involved. I had a young dad tell me yesterday that the news is so upsetting that he has given up watching the news and he concentrates on his hobbies and on spending time with his children, which is wonderful. But I wanted to say to him, it is your children's freedoms that are at risk and their children and you as an adult have no right to endanger their freedoms when there's anything that you can do about it. Well, uh, I agree with you, but to a certain point, I agree with him. And here's what I would suggest to him. Uh, he can know what's going on in the world without engaging the media. He doesn't have to leave the TV on all the time or listening to, you know, he can assess what's happening. There are ways to do it without getting aggravated and he can take the action that you and I want him to take. He can write letters. He can, he can give money. He can do all kinds of things. But, uh, and I like that he's pursuing his hobbies. I, the, 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 you know, you go around once, Barbara. We might as well enjoy it too. You know, we can't just be worried all the time. I think you can do both though. And, he doesn't have to consume the media because the media are upsetting. It is upsetting. Let's face it. I mean, and, and it's not necessarily giving us a realistic sense of what's happening out there. So, you know, I think he could take a step back but still be engaged. Can we agree on that? Uh, I, I totally agree, totally agree. But I would have liked to hear some things from him and his friends as to what they are doing. You know, are they educating themselves? Are they taking a course on the Constitution? Are they involved with local political races? Are they working at the polling places? 
There are so many things that we have to do, and we need our young people to do them. We need to step up and do them. Um, Samuel Adams said that we must defend the liberties of our Republican Constitution. We received them from our ancestors who won them for us with toil and blood and expense of danger and treasure. And it will be a mark of infamy on our generation if we allow these freedoms to be taken from us. Well, absolutely. I love it. So deep and profound as always, Barbara. Uh, wait, there's one thing you said that made me think of something. Oh, yeah. We used to have, uh, you know, we used to be so removed from the rest of the world. You know, Europeans are much more engaged than we are. They know things, uh, you know, geography, history. Uh, they have a better sense of the world, quite frankly. Sorry, but they do. In part because, you know, they got countries right next door. You know, I drive to North Carolina. I'm still in America. You drive 10 hours, uh, east from France. I mean, you're, you're in, uh, you're in Poland. You know, another five hours, you're in Ukraine. It's crazy. I mean, it's just so dense and so many countries that they are just more internationally oriented. We have the two big great oceans next to us, a huge country. We just don't think about a lot of things and we've taken a lot of things for granted. Time for us all to wake up. And yeah, Diego, real quick, what is the Eighth Amendment? Uh it is cruel protects against cruel and unusual punishment. Gosh darn it, he's good. Yeah? He's good. I'm right? Barbara, I think he's right, right? Don't know, but you I'm don't know. No, no, but I have my pocket constitution right beside me here. Th- that's true. Like Einstein said, you know, you don't necessarily have to have something memorized if you can reference it, reference it uh, that easily. So, Diego, that's good, but it's not necessary. And I'm going to take your word for it that you're right on the Eighth Amendment because I don't know. I know the Fifth Amendment, the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, and then it gets all a little bit blurry. Uh, Barbara, thank you very, very much, and we'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. We're going to be checking in with Rudy Giuliani momentarily. I want to know all about the uh, I, two things. I sent you a clip, and we'll be talk. Let me know when Rudy's available. Uh, Ru- oh, hey, Mr. Mayor, welcome. I'm back. right here, Greg. Uh, it's great to talk to you. Listen, I wanted to get your reaction to uh, Sidney Powell, the attorney, mm-hmm. and she was working with you guys to root out the election fraud. She just pleaded guilty to a bunch of misdemeanors in Georgia. What does it mean? Well, first thing I can tell you, I don't know about those because that happened at a a time when she was separated uh, from us. So that's not something that was within the activity of uh, the president's lawyers, meaning we we have no knowledge of that. You might remember that we were with Sydney for a period of time and then... uh, I don't know the nicest way to put this, but um, I had to separate her. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Uh, let me. Uh, was she a little bit crazy? I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say there were disagreements. Right. Um, there were disagreements, and it did not involve the subject matter that you, you, you're talking about. Uh, so that that subject matter, we would ha- I would have no relevant information about. Nor do I think anyone on the president's team would. All right. So. So, in other words, if she's going to offer testimony about that, it, it will not involve any of the Trump lawyers or the Trump team because it wasn't done with us. Gotcha. Gotcha. And I wanted to ask you something else. Yesterday on Capitol Hill, a bunch of uh, pro-Palestinian, pro-terrorist uh, 
demonstrators basically took over a portion of the Cannon House office yeah. building. Oh, my goodness. Right. Oh, they great. sat down. I mean, this to me, this looks like Insurrection yeah. City. Yet wow. They, you know, it, 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 I guarantee you that even though they disrupted and obstructed congressional proceedings and this, that, and everything, uh, they got off with parking tickets and they won't oh, be yeah. in jail. Not, not, uh, not uh, 30 years in jail? Is this the dichotomy, the, the, the oh, proof goodness. of two-tier? Does it help the January Sixers in any way? Can't they cite this as evidence? Of I the- think so. I really think we, we got to find some fair-minded person on the D.C. Circuit or in the D.C. Court who can take a look at these runaway judges, because that's what they are. They're a bunch of runaway judges who are acting like uh, Trump derangement syndrome, super sick. Uh, when I, I looked at your show last night, and I hope you don't mind, I'm going to copy it on my live stream tonight, 8 o'clock, a little bit of it. Your juxtaposition of the uh, January 6th people in the rotunda and them in the rotunda is extremely telling, very dramatic. These people look much more dangerous to me. (laughs) They look like they could do damage. The other ones look like a bunch of clowns. Sorry. Yeah, and you know, it's okay to talk about Antifa. Antifa, I know that Antifa was there. Of course they were, yeah. They were Jewish. Uh, I wish I could, I guarantee you, very few of those people sitting there were Jewish. Uh, but also on January 6th, I mean, Chief Sund even said that Antifa was there. It became almost illegal to say anything about Antifa, even though we know Antifa was yep. there on January 6th, and they were the ones I, break, breaking the windows. I identified the first Antifa person at 6.30 that night, and I gave all that information to the U.S. Attorney's Office. Uh, we submitted uh, tapes and analysis to them, I'd say, three or four days afterwards, and identifying specific Antifa people and then locating other people that were that that we couldn't identify but looked like they were. Like, for example, the two people that broke the door open, you know, were trying to break the door open when they killed uh, uh, Ashley. Right. One of them is Antifa. Identified by the person, one of the people with me. Yeah, John Sullivan. The other one is is probably Antifa. My sources have identified this person inside Antifa, but they don't know his name. Now, how hard is it to find him? And why isn't he in jail? I mean, those guys those guys were actually banging the door down. Neither one of them, the two people that you see banging the door down, neither one of them have even been identified, much less put in jail. And other people outside go to jail. A guy banging down Pelosi's uh, 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 office entrance doesn't go to jail. And they kill Ashley Babbitt, who wasn't banging anything. She she may very well have uh, have been being thrown over the top. Do you know any Democrat who is troubled by all of this? There have to be some. Oh, that's so sad, isn't it? I used to think that would happen. I really did, but I'm such a naive jerk sometimes. I used to think, boy, I couldn't sit there if I were a Republican and we made it opposite and not investigate that murder. I don't care if a Democrat did it or a Republican did it. A An unsolved murder drives me nuts. I bet it drives your father nuts from the, his background. And he, he, it would, I would have gone over after that no matter what it did politically. There's really the most serious crime that day is the killing of Ashley Babbitt. Sorry. Everybody else, you know, who's complaining like Pence and they all got scared and they're all alive. Ah. 
She doesn't have a life. It's incredible. And the other thing, and this brings up, you worked, you worked for Ronald Reagan. You also were in the uh, the Ford administration. You know executive branch stuff, how it works. You know the systems. Now, I want to point out to everybody that on January 6th, in the January 6th report, and many commentators have said, President Trump did not make one phone call. And you got Mike Pence complaining that he didn't hear from the president. You got Mark Milley complaining that he didn't hear from the president. The Secretary of Defense and on and on and on. They did he never called us. Um it does not work that way. The president is not a security guard. He's not there watching things and no, saying, I better, you, you I better go to the president. You go to the president. And that one of those guys <laughs> of did not they haven't even been asked. Well, why didn't you pick up the phone and call the president if you thought he needed to know about all this? This, to me, is evidence of a coup. That is a very, very good point, Greg. I mean, it's it, it, it just, you know, it's like in the military. The general doesn't call you. Uh, people inform the general. Because he's got, believe it or not, he had other things to do that day that were highly, I did. I didn't really focus on the thing until much later in the day. You know, the, I, the, I was I was surprised it was going on. Right. The, the other th- lie that's been told, and they, they pretend that President Trump was watching TV and watching the Capitol go down and watching the violence and not doing anything. Well, number one, if you're going to say that, and they did at the hearings and they did in the January 6th report, it, you know, you, what you should do is go back to January 6th and actually take a look at what was on television that day. Now, number one, they can't even prove that he was watching TV, but let's say you can. You know what was on TV that day? I don't, I wasn't watching TV you that were, day. Well, I, I was went on the back, phone. I went back and found it. It's <laughs> and, just and a, on my computer. It's sir, it's just a bunch of people walking yes, around outside. I, the videos came out much later from inside. I, I know that. I know that. I I have a very different view of it because before they could hit me with the propaganda, I got the Sullivan tape. I got the Sullivan tape about uh, six o'clock at night, and I went through it and I briefed the president on it. So um, from the very beginning, I had the counter story. I knew there was another story. That may be a story, but there's another story, too. What's this Antifa guy doing, having access to the Capitol, being in exactly the right place for the kill shot? I'm sorry. I'm just too much of a prosecutor to let coincidences go by without investigation. So as we approach the election, uh, will the left try to uh, exploit January 6th all over again, or are they are they worried about pushing their luck? Because the truth about January 6th, ultimately, in my opinion, will damn Democrats. Yeah, yeah. Are they going to try to exploit it again? You never know about them. I mean, they they do they do have one weakness, which is they go too far. Mm. We could we could do an analysis of all these things. I mean, two months after January 6th, this looked terrible for Trump. And the whole thing is turned, and has not all turned around, but it's materially turned around. And they did that with Russian collusion, and they did it. I think they're going to go to other things. I'm, I'm, frankly, I don't care if they do. I think it'll help Trump. I'm worried they're going to make something else up. And you can't control against them because they don't use the truth. Who could have possibly predicted Russian collusion since it never happened? And they made it up. They paid for it. So what will they make up now? I don't know. I mean... I don't think they're finished. Remember, if, if we go back, as I told you yesterday, four years ago, we still hadn't been hit with the pandemic. You know, I want to ask you one more thing. I remember in the 90s, and I was one of those guys who said Bill Clinton should not be impeached, and I explained away his behavior. His, beha- his behavior was very damaging to a lot of people, but mm-hmm. I will say again, you know what? I don't think it was impeachable, and I think the whole thing distracted us. Now, 
And I do remember a guy named Dale Bumpers who hated Bill Clinton. He was also a Democrat, but he was a rival of Bill Clinton's. And he stood up on the Senate floor and he said, this is wrong. You're doing the wrong thing. You shouldn't do it. And uh, spoke in favor of uh, acquittal. I got to think that there is somebody, and I asked you this before, and I just want to kind of let's rack our brains for a moment. Is there anyone on the left or just a Democrat? A conscience, the conscience of the Democratic Party, in other words. Yeah. Oh, I mean, is there, are they, who's the first person? I mean, <laughs> I guess nobody comes to mind. Manchin, maybe? No, he's too, he's too ambitious and he's yeah. too, he's too, uh, you know, he, he's everything he. Hey, what, 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 what about, um, Oh gosh, you know it is it's terrible that we can't think of a, of a one uh, like that. Oh my goodness! Yeah, well, that's our you homework know, assignment. I mean, we got to find it because Mansion is a good uh, suggestion, but cinema? everything that comes across his desk is is weighed. You know, does this help me become what president? Cinema? cinema is too much of a lunatic and uh, yeah. too well, into she herself. Was. She was, but she goes back and forth. I mean, we need somebody with morality and a conscience. It might per- be you know a person a person who asks. Oh come on now! Is this right or wrong, Republican? Yeah. Or, is it, what's right or wrong here? You know, cinema is worth trying. She wouldn't be the leader, but she might be able to help. Well, at least out a she has bit. the capacity to disagree. I mean, you got to at least some of them can't even. Look, I mean, look at you, the one that is a disgrace is Schumer on Israel. I mean, uh, uh, this is the most important thing to him. I always thought Israel. And he lets his party, where he's a leader, kick the hell out of Israel. Yeah, he's afraid of these uh, hysterical young women, the squad. Mr. Mayor, I, uh, yep. I'm going to give you the show in a little bit. Thank, <laughs> Thank you very you. much. I'm going to remind people to watch your show tonight. It's always terrific. Last wow. night, that juxtaposition was worth the whole show. I, uh, I so appreciate it, Mr. Mayor. Thank you very much. Thank you. And um, actually, just before we wrap up, I have to take Sandra's call. We never miss you, Sandra. Hi. Oh, hi, Greg. Thank you. I, I loved your show, too, last night. It was riveting with that policeman and the uh, other person with him. Mm. But I wanted to talk. I wanted to say the colleges, you know, for your daughters, maybe they ought to think about Hillsdale College someday. Well, I that's really that's down the road. I mean, Hillsdale. I, I, know, I, yeah, I, I know. I know. I know. I'm kidding. Uh, there's know. the music. I'm sorry, Sandra. I'm so sorry. I got a little bit sidetracked today. But uh, Hillsdale College. I know somebody who goes there, and they had a great experience. I don't want my girls going all the way to, where the hell is that? Michigan, Wisconsin, someplace like that. I got to keep them home. Maybe I will homeschool them. Thank you all to be continued.